Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. And this morning, we saw a brilliant article in the Sydney Morning Herald, a really interesting one by Michael Chamis, friend of the page, friend of the podcast, champion fella, uh, one of the journos that I really do respect, to be honest with you. And I really like this article. And reportedly, uh, all of the NRL clubs sent a document at the start of the season, uh, which outlines sort of about where guys should be valued as far as their money goes so that they don't get you know swept under the carpet by managers and whatnot. And reportedly, Chamis, he's got his hand on all of this or some of this information anyway. And even just for context, if it's not true, I still think it's interesting to have a look at. And look, I think it's safe to assume that whenever you hear how much a guy is getting paid, I reckon you should always take probably 100, 150K off it around that mark. I think it's always a little bit overs to what it usually is. I remember I, I heard Denham Kemp talking about it a few weeks ago, saying that never once in his career, whether when it was guys in his team or himself, when you know it was reported how much they were getting paid, it was always overs. Yeah, and I think that's the general understanding that it normally is overs. Uh, you've obviously got managers that are trying to push their own business, so they probably... Um, you know, override those prices a little bit to make themselves look a little bit better moving forward to other people as well. So there's a lot of factors that go into it. Um, Yeah, so something to keep in mind. But what this article does is it goes through and it just explains for each player, each position, sorry, about how much they're worth. And the way that they do it is they rank, um, so for example, like for, for fullbacks, they've got the top one to five players about how much they're getting paid. Then they've got the six to ten, the next five best fullbacks, then they, they break it up into increments of five like that. So I thought this was really interesting. And there's another table, which is no real shock. Uh, it's got the average salary of a player at each club. So you've obviously got player one through to player 30. By the way, on the Sydney Morning Herald, guys, highly advise you go and have a read of this really good article by Michael Chamas. Uh, and obviously, you know, the top player is up around a million dollars, I think. 
the average player number one is on nine and a half, uh, nine hundred and fifty thousand. So you're sort of heading towards that million mark. Obviously, some clubs that have million dollar players, some clubs that have like a nine hundred k player, some of the more successful clubs, they probably have a nine hundred eight fifty because those guys are taking a little bit unders to stay there. And then it's just like an arc all the way down to your player thirty, uh, which is no real shock there. Your player thirty looks to be on about eighty grand or whatever the minimum is. You've obviously got a few of those guys. Then you've got your mid range guys, but it's sort of it is obviously heavily weighted at the top, a lot of money at the top, as it should be, as it should be with every NRL club. You've obviously got your marquee players, your star players and whatnot. But it's interesting to think about that arc. I've never really thought about it like that. Maybe you guys have, but I definitely haven't, to see how it does play out like that and just how important it is to get the very best football out of these mid-range guys. Like, I'm looking at this and, you know, I, I can see player... You know, from about player 19 onwards, you're, you're on about under 150K. And when I have a think about, for example, the Parramatta Eels at the start of the season, I think, okay, if I would have written down their top 20 players, I don't think Isaiah Papaletti would have been in my top 20 players for the Parramatta Eels. He was on the scrap heap for the New Zealand Warriors. They picked him up. They got him extremely cheap. I mean, if you were to name Parramatta Eels' best players right now, I'm sorry, is Papaletti not in the top five players realistically? I definitely think he would be. And I mean, let's say he's the he's the fifth best player. Those guys, according to this, are on average five hundred and sixty nine thousand. The Eels have got him for what one hundred and thirty thousand. I mean, it is pretty crazy how if you can get values out of guys, how much of a difference it can make. And of course, if you are one of the successful clubs, you can play. You know, your your player number five, the fifth best guy in your squad, probably like player. 8, 9, 10 sort of value, and they're willing to cop that because they've got the opportunity to win a premiership. If you're a club like the Roosters or the Broncos, there are op- opportunities outside of football as well in, you know, down in the eastern suburbs or up in Brisbane where, where, where it's a one-club town. So a lot goes into this, uh, but I thought it was really interesting. And then they went each position. So, for example, if you have a look at the fullbacks, so players one to five. So the best five fullbacks in our game, uh, which I, know, I mean, off the top of my head, you're talking Turbo, Teddy, Ponga. Um, you would have been talking Roger Tuivasa, Sheck. I'm probably missing someone. Latrell Mitchell probably in that category. Pappenhausen around that mark. These guys on average, you're looking at about 970K. Yeah, so almost a million dollars for the top five guys. So it shows you just how important the fullback position is in the modern game and how highly teams value this position. Now, once you get out of that top five, it really is a big drop. And this is where all this stuff with Gutherson getting paid a mil or asking for a million, how I, I thought it was ridiculous. I do think it's part of a management ploy to, just to get him a little bit overs. But the next five, which is where I definitely have, have, have Gutho sitting, you're sitting on about the 600K mark. So it's about a 300 grand drop from the top five to the next five, which is a big drop. I doubt many positions, maybe halfback would be similar. There'd be a big drop off there, but it, it is a huge drop off. And then you go to the next five. So, I mean, the 11th best fullback to the 15th, they're on about 300K. So every, you know, five best fullbacks you drop off, you're losing about 300K in the fullback position. And I mean, some of the guys that you could get probably late you know, eight, nine, tenth best fullbacks in that game. I mean, there you're probably talking Val Holmes, AJ Brimson. Like, there's some real quality players in that late sort of category. And I'd be interested to see if that is really where they land or not. I think a lot of those guys will be on a little bit more than 600K. But interesting to have a look at just how stacked the fullback role is at the very top. Move to wingers. 
Very different category here. Obviously, for wingers, uh, I mean, the highest-paid guys are on about 500K, and you have to be a winger that does everything. You have to have the tough carries out of your own end. You have to be an aerial target. You have to be a good finisher. You have to be reliable. You have to not make you know, crackhead decisions in defense as well. So a lot goes into that. The drop-off to the next tier, the next five players, it's about 150K less. And then after that, essentially down to you know, your 21st to 25th best wingers in the game, it's only about a 100 grand drop from, you know, the 10th best to about the 25th best. So uh, a, a much closer sort of fight there in, in the winger category. It's just the the top tier guys that are a lot higher. But it's, I mean, even at 500K, like, that's a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. But compared to your, you know, your key spine position, it's a big drop off. We've got centers next, and I'm probably expecting them to be valued a little bit higher than what the wingers are realistically. And yeah, so so your top tier centers, you're looking at, looks to be about 750k. So still not in the ballpark of those fullbacks. Still about 200k into the fullbacks, which is completely fair enough. You see a lot of centers nowadays; they play on one edge. But I think in the modern game. Centers are probably valued more than what they have been in the last 10 years, to be honest with you. The way that a lot of teams play, how they dominate the center third, then they swing out and they, and they create space out there and off the back of these second phase plays and these block plays and everything. Your centers, they're definitely becoming more relevant. But you've got your top five guys who are sitting on about that 750K mark. Your next five drops down to about 580K there. Uh, and then 11 to 15 at about half a million dollars. And then it drops down to your probably 26 to 30. You're looking at about 300K there. So you've got to remember that each team, they have two centers. So even your, you know, your worst starting centers in the NRL, you're still looking at about 300K. Uh, but yeah, geez, it's a big drop from that top spot as well with centers. And you can see wingers, I mean, they they ceiling out at 500k centers it's worth about another 290k for the ceiling sort of players and a lot of these guys are guys that can play wing and center as well especially those guys that can transition between the both interesting to see where they land now we're going to move into the halves and have a look at that and I think 5'8 is going to be a really interesting one. You've obviously got guys like Jack White and Cam Munster who would be on a really good wicket, but I don't think there'd be any guys that are on the same sort of money as, although you have got like an Anthony Milford as well who's on a bit of coin, but I think it'd be your halfbacks that are probably worth a bit more than your 5'8s in the modern game. Let's have a look at 5'8s. I'm expecting them to be around probably the 800 mark, maybe around 850 5.8s, we've got them at, yeah, around about 8.70 or so. It's a little bit higher than what I probably expected it to be. 5.8s coming in at, yeah, just under 900K for your top shelf guys. Uh, but then your, your next five, that drops down by 300K. Then your next five after that, that drops down by another 200K. So... Obviously not a heap of Premier 5, and it's essentially after that, you're dropping down 200K in every single slot. You get down to those, and obviously 5-8 is a position where there's only one in each team. There's obviously more in squads, but there's one key guy in each team. And I mean, once you get down to 16 to 20, the 16th best to the 20th best, so those guys that are probably on the fringe, you get down to about 200K a year. So I'd say if you're a 5-8, you're sort of looking at a minimum sort of $400,000 contract if you're a 5-8 that can play. Matty Burton, he's obviously signed a contract with the Canterbury Bulldogs next year. We're hearing that he's going to get um, a little bit of a boost on his contract before he arrives at Canterbury. Phil Gould has come out and said, so interesting to see where he lands. Obviously, he's played in a really good team in a gun system. He's done really well. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how much they pay him because it really it's like a 300K jump from being the 6th to 10th best 5-8 in our game to being the first to fifth, according to this data. Okay, halfbacks. I'm expecting the halfback mark to be around the million. You've obviously got DCE, you've got Nathan Cleary, Ben Hunt as well. Let's have a look. Halfbacks, yeah. So it's right on the $1 million mark. So those top five guys, 
worth $1 million. A big hit there. Uh, I, I believe this is also from the 2019 salary cap. So... When you look back at that, Nathan Clear is probably on a little bit less. You've obviously got Cooper Cronk still in the game. Uh, Mitch Pierce, he'd be on big money up there at Newcastle at the Newcastle Knights. So a heap of guys there. But when you have a look at the drop from the top five guys uh, to the next few guys, you've obviously got it. It drops 250K from those top-tier halfbacks. And as I've always said, this doesn't overly surprise me. Realistically, there's like five guys in this competition you want wearing the seven jersey for you. It's Adam Reynolds, it's Jerome Hughes. Um, I mean, it's DCE. After Even after those three, it gets a little bit murky, let's be honest here. Uh, not a heap of quality to pick from. Sean Johnson's been playing good footy, but, I mean, hasn't really dominated in finals footy at any point. Uh, you had Mick Morgan. He'd been injured. He's now retired, though. He's another guy you probably would have thrown in there. Ben Hunt is another one I would throw in there, but the form is a little bit up and down. I wouldn't want to be paying him a million. I'd probably put him in the Tier 2 category. Well, I, I assume most of you agree with me on that. You've all been telling me how, how, I, how overpaid he is. So it's a really tough one halfbacks and I mean I think probably the 700 to 800k is more around the mark for the vast majority of halfbacks I would be more than happy to play to pay um, Nathan Cleary Nathan Cleary, the $1 million mark. As I said the other day, I'd pay him more than the $1 million mark to keep him at my club. Controversial I know because he hasn't won a premiership. He hasn't Dominated in a final series yet, but it's definitely one that I would pay overs for. DCE, I'd be happy to pay around the million-dollar mark. Uh, you know, you don't get any trouble off the field. He's a good captain. He's a good leader. He can obviously ball play. Um, brilliant passing game, great kicking game as well. Uh, so Jerome Hughes, he's another one I'd probably pay a million for. If I, if I got Melbourne Storm, Jerome Hughes, obviously they're not paying him a million. I would say that he's probably getting paid around the... 800 sort of K mark. It might even be a little bit less at the Melbourne Storm. It's hard to get a read on uh, how much they're paying their players because they just want to be there, essentially. Uh, but that's your halfback summed up. And, I mean, your top players are a million. Your, your tier two, so your number six to number 10, they're looking at about 750K. And then from 11 to 15, it's a huge drop-off. It goes down to 300K. So it's it's an over, over a 400K drop from, you know, your 6th to 10th best halfback to your 11th to 15th. And this sort of sums up, as I said, there's only a handful of guys you actually want to play halfback in your football team in this competition. I've been saying that for a long time, and this is the best evidence of it I've seen in a while. And, I mean, that massive drop from, you know, the top five guys are getting an average of a million than the top 11th to 15th to get an average of 300000 It just shows that even those middle guys, 6 to 10, they're probably the guys that are getting paid a little bit overs. The teams are just paying for potential. They're just desperate to have a relevant seven who can potentially get them to the finals. Really interesting there with halfbacks. Let's move to the front rowers. And obviously Payne Haas, he probably leads this charge. Uh, guys like Josh Papali. Um, you've obviously got James Fisher-Harris as well. So interesting to see where these guys fit. Adam Fanua Blake, he'd be on some really good coin. The New Zealand Warriors convincing him to go there. For me, I would probably only pay a middle a maximum of about 750 but I think some of these guys will be around that 800 mark. So let's see what we've got. Okay, so the top guys for the front row forwards, they're at about 800K. Uh, a little bit overs there, but uh, I mean, I, I just wouldn't pay that much for a middle. It's really interesting. It's probably the most consistent position we've seen so far. I mean, the top guys are getting 800K, the best one to five front rowers. There's obviously two in each team. So then your back end starters, you know, 26 to 30, they're getting about 400K. So, you know, yes, 400K is a big drop, but when you're talking about the top five compared to the 26th to 30th best, it really isn't a huge drop-off. You're sort of losing 
about 50 or 60 grand as you move down uh, the increments of five front row forwards. Obviously, a lot of these guys as well, they're not like the halfbacks and the 5'8s where if you're player 26 to 30, you're in an extended squad. I would say that the vast majority of guys in you know 21 to 30 are probably bench front rowers that still play 40 minutes. They could still be rep footballers realistically. So really interesting position, the front row forwards. Um, back rowers will be exactly the same. I think it'll be a really steady one there. The one I'm interested in is hookers. And that's going to be our next one we're going to talk about now. For me, I think Cameron Smith has ruined the salary of hookers for a lot of people. He has been so good for so long that you can't really overpay because you like you can't pay a guy a heap of money to get a hooker because he's not going to be the best hooker anyway. I think it's sort of devalued the position a little bit. I think that'll change over the, over the next decade or so. I think it'll even up a little bit, assuming that Brandon Smith doesn't absolutely brain it and no one else can get near him. Sorry, Brandon Smith and Harry Grant. But I think that uh, you're still probably getting a bit of a hangover from the Cameron Smith era where it sort of has devalued the position. Let's have a look. For, for me... If you gave me a premier hooker, I'd be happy to pay them eight or nine hundred k. I think they are just so valuable. But I think that the reality of it, they will probably be a little bit lower coming out of this Cameron Smith era. Let's have a look. Hookers. Wow. Okay. So hookers. The top guys are getting six hundred k. Six hundred k for hookers. They touch the ball on every single play and they make forty five tackles a game. Just seems crazy to me. The other thing you got to consider is that the vast majority of teams, they play with two hookers. There's not many 80-minute hookers around in rugby league anymore, realistically. You even look at the Melbourne Storm. They've got a two-hooker policy. Um, you know, the Sydney Roosters at the moment, two-hooker policy there. Uh, South Sydney, they just play with one, Damien Cook. So 80-minute guys off the top of my head would be Damien Cook, uh, Reed Marnie. Uh, I'm trying to think who else would have a one. I mean, the Canterbury Bulldogs don't. The West Tigers don't at times. It picks and chooses. Uh, Appy Curacao is probably an 80-minute guy, but we see Mitch Kenny playing there quite often. you got Wade Egan and Nicarima over at the Warriors. Uh, Canberra, they've got two hookers as well. So I guess it is sort of affected by the amount of teams that have, that run with two hookers. There's not many teams that run with one hooker anymore, just the reality of the situation. Unless your forward depth is really weak, you sort of need to have two nines. And one of those nines is probably a guy that can jump in and play seven, six. He's a bit versatile as well. So it probably does devalue the position even more there. But it's a big drop-off. 600K for the top five. And then the next five, it drops down to 400K. So you could be the sixth best hooker in rugby league. And you're getting less than... You know, the 15th best front rower in our game. It's really interesting how the hooker position has been criminally devalued for me. Uh, this is a position that I think if you were to do this in 10 years' time, this will change a lot. The values will go up heaps, in my opinion. Uh, let's have a look at the guys into category 11 to 15. They're on 300K. So so you think about the top 11 to 15 hookers in rugby league are on 300K. The top 11 to 15 hookers front row, they're on 650K. 300k difference for a spine position compared to a front row position. It is very, very interesting how it all plays out at the moment. I think this hooker position will change dramatically over the next few years. Let's look at the second row, and I imagine this one will be similar to front row. This will be about even. For me, I if I'm getting a premier back rower, I'm probably thinking seven to eight hundred K around that mark, but he needs to be a premier guy that I can rely on each and every week. He's got an offload, he's got a quick play the ball. He's got a little bit of a kicking game as well, and he can pass. I need all those sort of X-factor things in my game if I'm going to pay 700 to 800K for a back rower. We're probably talking here like a Dave Fafita. He's obviously got massive X-factor. A uh, guy that I just mentioned there, Wade Graham, a couple of years ago, I would have been happy to pay him 7 or 8K sort of. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Can do it all. A good leader as well. Boyd Cordner, I would have been happy to pay him that much. A lot of these guys don't have a kicking game, like I said, except for Wade Graham. That's just a little added extra, but they do all the other things. They're tough as nails. They're good leaders. So I'd be looking around that 700 to 800K around that mark for the top tier guys. Let's have a look. Back rowers, okay, so they're at 700K for your top-tier back rowers. Your next guys, your next best five, they're on about 600. Then it drops down to about 500 for 11 to 15. Wow, it's just crazy. So your 26th to 30th best back rowers in the game are getting about 400K. They're getting about 380K compared to your hookers. And you're, you're, wow, you're 11, 12, 13, 14th. Your 15th best hookers in the game are getting heaps less than your, you know, 21st to 25th second rowers in the game. I, I, I Yeah, I, I, I thought hookers would be underappreciated. I did say that before I had a look at them, but I'm surprised how underappreciated they are. Uh, lock forwards, let's move there. And obviously, you've got your top-tier lock forwards, which I think will be really high. You're talking guys like Radley, Murray, Brandon Smith, uh, Isaiah, you know, these sort of guys. But the thing is with those four guys, they're all at gun clubs. They're all at clubs that they know when the season starts they can potentially win a premiership this year. So they are probably taking a little bit unders realistically. For me to get one of those key lock forwards, I would be happy to pay seven, seven fifty around that mark. Potentially the eight hundred. I know that Radley and Isaiah Yo, they are just so crucial to their team. Cam Murray's one of, if not the best forward in our game. Tao Malolo would obviously be on a lot of money. I forgot about him, so he probably boosted up a little bit. He's on the million dollar a year. That contract that was signed eight years ago or whatever it was. So you're probably looking at about 750, 800 around that mark for your premier lock forwards, but then I think it'll be a massive drop-off after that because when you get outside of those five, six, maybe even seven of the top-tier locks, they just become extra front rowers or they become guys that don't really have a position that they throw there and see what happens. So, or they become journeyman guys who are sort of utility sort of fellas, you know. You're talking your Peaches, your Connor Watsons, these sort of fellas. So the top tier guys, I think there's going to be a huge gap between them and the next best. Let's have a look. Lock forwards. Okay, your first, well, yeah, your first one to five guys, they're on about uh, 780, almost 800K there. So that's your Taumalolos, your Murrays, um, your... Who else is there? Radley, Isaiah Yo, these sort of fellas there. Just under about 800K, which I think is fair for those top tier sort of guys. I think I said 700 to 800 around that mark. Then you drop to, you know, the sixth best to the 10th. And this is where, um, you know, you're probably talking about one of those guys that drops out of the top five. You're probably talking guys like uh, Nathan Brown. You could be talking like a Josh Jackson here. Um, you know, you could tour. I'm trying to think about the, the other lock forwards in our game. Uh, it's hard because so, so many teams change there so often. Dale Finucane, he'd be another one. He, he's probably in a bit of a higher category now, realistically. Toby Rudolph, another good one. But a guy that doesn't sort of have that ball playing to him. Cam McInnes would be another one as well. Um, the Canberraiders, they sort of sush, shuffle around their, their 13 jersey, but it's normally an extra front row. It depends how you want to play. And this is the thing about the lock forward role. It depends how you want to play. 
how you want to use that jersey. For example, the Cowboys, they're paying a million dollars just to get the best meters in the game, and they're not even fucking using him for that. But anyway, another argument for another day. The Cowboys are spending a million dollars a year to get the best meters guy in rugby league, whereas the Roosters... They're using a million, you know, eight hundred k in the lock forward role to get an extra ball play to get a third halfback through the middle. Then you look at the South Sydney Rabbitohs; they're sort of a combo of both, but they also get the guy with the fastest leg speed in rugby league for a forward. They get quick play the balls; he gets them on the front foot, and you know he's worth that much money in the South Sydney squad because look at the rest of their spine. You've got Damien Cook, you've got Cody Walker, Latrell Mitchell. These are all front foot footballers. So the lock forward position, as I've always said, it depends on how you want to use them. For me, I would definitely be going a Murray or a Radley or Isaiah Yo. You sort of got Radley and Isaiah Yo on one side, Murray sort of in the middle, then Taumalolo on the other end, all worth about the same money. But it just depends how you want to value that position and how you want to use it. But then you have a look down at, you know, the 16th to the 20th best uh, lock forwards in the game, which this is where realistically you, you're talking about you're talking about you're talking about third front rollers essentially here. You're not really talking about the lock forwards that we talk about now that I've been talking about for a while. So it does drop down a little bit here. You're looking at about 200k for there. So a big drop down in lock forwards, but those top tier guys definitely worthy of that top-notch money for me. Uh, it's a fantastic article there by Michael Chambers. I highly advise you go and have a read of it yourself. I really did enjoy it going through it. You might have a different take to me, though, so go and have a read of it. Have a look at the numbers. Send me a message on Instagram. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know your thoughts where I've got it right, where I've got it wrong, where I've sort of thought about it. Maybe the wrong way. And as I said all depends how you want to use this position, where you want to utilize your money. Let me know where you would be investing your money, the sort of players that you'd be going after and where you'd be spending your top tier money on in what positions. Because I think some teams in this competition, they've got it wrong, but it's just the reality of who's available on the market when you've got money. A lot of it comes down to timing. It can be really, really difficult in the NRL. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 